Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, not too many uh, tour dates to plug, but here they are real fast, right up top. San Diego, I'm going to be there uh, February 6th and 7th. Then I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., February 20th uh, through the weekend, I believe. And then also Grand Rapids, Michigan for Gilda's Laugh Fest, where there will be a live uh, You Made It Weird podcast that weekend. So come check those out. All of those uh, links, links to those tickets on PeteHolmes.com. As well as like the PD's My Homeboy t-shirt, the Piano Keys t-shirt, that sort of stuff. Then there's always youmadeitweird.com for the other t-shirts, stickers, that sort of stuff. That's it. Here's the ad. Uh, by the way, can I just say how amazing it is that Weird Al is on the podcast? I've met him a couple times. He's such an incredibly sweet man, as you're about to hear. A very, very funny man, too. I was a little hungover and very loopy and slappy, and I think it made for a fun dynamic. And I sincerely hope you enjoy it. We, I sure did laugh a lot. Sometimes I really like that state of mind. It made me very, very fun, and I had a great time. So I hope you do too. Here is the uh, here is the uh, here is the sponsor. For, this is a good one. I like this one because for many of us, shaving is a pain. It sucks. It's uncomfortable. It causes nicks because you're using old razors. You get scrapes, razor burn, and blades are really, 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 really crazy expensive because these companies just have a, a monopoly on them. So they charge a billion dollars. So enter Harry's. This is a company started by two guys who wanted a better product without paying an arm and a leg to get it. They got their own blades. They make their own blades. They're the highest quality, high-performing German blades crafted by shaving experts. A better shave that respects your face and your wallet. No more poor quality blades. So, check it out. You gotta go down. <laughs> you gotta go down to the internet to harrys.com. And Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in my coupon code WEIRD with your first purchase. First Purchase. That's Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com, and use the promo code WEIRD for $5 off to start shaving better. They ship them right to you. It's about half the price of big brand, uh, big branded blades, and the starter set is an amazing deal. For $15, you get the razor moisturizing shave cream and three razor blades. So check them out, everybody. Harry's dot com, promo code WEIRD. Now, please, enjoy Weird Al. We made it the entire 90 minutes without making one You Made It Weird, You Made It Weird Al uh, joke. So feel free to tweet at us as many as you'd like. Get into it. Hi, Al. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of lost my voice this weekend. I'm just noticing... As I laugh, that I'm a little scruffy. Were you screaming like a little girl? I scream like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do that's it. My whole That'll act. That, that, I try to do that on the road. Like, don't <laughs> scream like a little girl. You'll lose your voice. <laughs> well, I realized how perfect because whenever I have musicians on, they often, they off, always never have a satisfying. They always answer. never do that. They always never have a satisfying <laughs> answer, which is. What do you do for your voice? You use it so much more. Do you ever look at people that do karaoke like for fun and you're like, oh, that must be nice? Because you have, don't you have to like save your voice a little bit? Well, you do. And especially for karaoke, I, I shy away from karaoke stuff because like the first 10 years of my career, every review is like calling me a glorified karaoke is act. Is that right? Kind of. So, so it's sort of like, a, like 
<laughs> it's like like a traumatic thing for me. Like, I'm not going to do karaoke. <laughs> don't make fun of me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of yeah. that. It must, it must have been hard. We, we don't have to talk about this. You probably talk about it a lot. It must have been hard to, like, kind of find your way into legitimacy, which is so amazing. I'm still you, on my way. It's, just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a long road. I'm going to get there eventually. I was going to say, you come up on this podcast so much as – Always, with every great comedian, you're the example of relevance, of somebody that can work for 30-plus years and, and remain relevant. So take that, people, that okay. say you're a carrier. <laughs> what do you, that's got to be a nice feeling. Well, well, all the stuff that you hear early in your career sticks with you. Because like, I of remember uh, the guys at Rhino Records in 1981 didn't want to sign me because they called me a one-hit wonder. Like, ah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the Beatles, uh, right. guitar music is over. Didn't they say right. that? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that? And your parents thought that the accordion was going to revolutionize uh, rock and roll. Isn't that right? Well, uh, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> is that not the story? <laughs> well, I, I say that uh, somewhat tongue-in-cheek. When oh, really? You know, I... I, I <laughs> I don't. I don't. If we're if we're getting real here, they, they probably didn't really people. think that they were like kickstarting a thirty year career oh, when they gave me accordion lessons. I thought they were just trying to keep my mind occupied. I see that bit has become a fact on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> it just said his parents thought they knew that the accordion would take over American <laughs> pop fools. culture. Yeah, it would revolutionize Western civilization as we know it. <laughs> I just saw someone play the accordion. A friend was of, it me? It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it never goes away, oh. does it? Like you. Need- <laughs> You never forget the bad things people said, right. and you need someone to go like, "You're great at the accordion." Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, how do you do on that? Like, do you love yourself enough, or do you still oh, what? <laughs> I love myself constantly. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, does it go like when you started? Surely, it meant a lot when someone gave you a compliment. Oh, sure. Does a compliment? mean less now have you been like no i know who i am and i'm glad you like what i do but i i love weird it, it means just as much <laughs> <laughs> i'm my biggest fan no you know it's, I, I i certainly have more confidence now than while starting out but yeah. uh, the con- uh, the compliments still mean a lot to me and it, yeah. it's always because you know i don't need to tell you like comedians especially are always looking for validation of course like i wouldn't be like surfing my twitter feed 400 times a day <laughs> if i didn't want to pay somebody to say you're yeah, you know? isn't it weird? I still get a little bit of a burn, like in I, like it's a visceral, it's a chemical. You could put me in a cat scan and you'd see, oh, he just read a bad Twitter thing, uh-huh. and then he just read a good one. Like it, it's kind of dangerous, though, don't you feel? Like you kind of you're believing some guy that if you maybe spent twenty minutes with him, you'd be like, I don't really care about his opinion, <laughs> right? But like he's like, I want you to die. Like, you know, I, hate what you I, do. I care what everybody thinks. You know, is that's. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that the thing is horrible. It, 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 it is, but you, you have to. Here, here's the thing: is like, uh, it is. You, you have to. You know, it, it's okay if it affects you a little bit, but I, I try to not. Uh, I go for the peaks and valleys because if if you uh, if you believe the like the hype, yeah, then you always have to believe all the negative stuff. Right, so right, right. I, I tend to throw out the very high and the very low, and just somewhere in the middle, like in the medium, the base hum, the base, the base like hum. A, it's okay, just, like constant, exactly. But I so when you continue to work like this, and I don't. This sounds accusatory in my mind as I'm framing it, but I don't mean it that way. You continue to work, right? It, is it because you like working, or is it to get the Good reviews? <laughs> is it the process? Is it the like? What's the best part? Well, it's all of the above. I mean, I, I uh, truly enjoy what I do. I can't imagine anything I'd rather do for a living. Yeah. I, I still every morning I wake up, I can't believe I still get to be Weird Al. I still get, <laughs> I still get to do specifically exactly that what I love to do. So you know, funny. And it's all about the work. I mean, I, it's 
not gonna, it never gets old for me. It never gets boring. Yeah. And you know, the, the, uh, the adulation <laughs> is a nice perk, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. I love that you said that. That is such a thought from my own brain where you wake up and you look in the mirror or you just remember and you go like, oh, I get to, I get to be Weird Al in the same way that I get to go like, oh, I get to be Pete. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. get to go and do stand up. Right. People will let me perform. People will let me do the thing that I have a compulsion to do. Yeah, there are a lot you of know? people that hate their jobs. They wake up like, oh, got to go to the office. Got to yeah. do the, you know, and <laughs> and I, I've had jobs like that. And uh, the, the fact that, you know, I, I don't have to, quote unquote, work is an amazing thing. BB King, I, I, you've probably heard this. And if you haven't. I guarantee it's going to lodge in your brain. You're going to forget that I told you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> BB King said, I play the shows for free. They pay me to travel. Oh. Do you ever feel that way? Uh, in, in a sense, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when I go on tour now, I mean, I, I love doing the shows. And uh, it's, it's to be away from the family. It's, it's to, like, you know, the, the traveling does get a bit grueling. It's not yeah. the, the most fun part of the gig. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can totally see that. The wife doesn't uh, come? Not, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is one of those tell everything yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every every we, we we work it out. Every couple of weeks, the family will come out on the road to to pay a visit. They look at the itinerary and go, "Hmm, I hear this city's nice." Yeah, and they'll yeah, come yeah, out yeah. and stay a few days. So they go the, to the good ones. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> they, that. they they pick and choose. You have children. I'm, I have one eleven year old daughter. Okay, so here's a, here's a question. I I feel of all my successful friends, you have this absurd job. We can agree on that. Yes, I also have an absurd job. Your job, for some reason, once the accordion gets involved. <laughs> Even more absurd. <laughs> right, right. It's just like, that's what daddy does. Right. Right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and you do so many different things, and they're all – like, I, I always say, like, if a girl dates a writer or if a boy dates a writer, one of – the person who's not a writer is going to want to be a writer. Like, it's just so infectious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to think it's the same for uh, comedians, musicians. It's like you're rewarded to uh, express what's in you, and it feels good to get that out. Right. There's another come kind of joke. <laughs> 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 but so here's here's your daughter watching your life. What uh what I, I'm not trying to make you anxious. What do you plan on telling your daughter? Like go and you know you got a degree in architecture. Go be an architect. I or... would never lead her down any path like that. I mean she'll find her own way. Yeah. Uh, and she's got so many interests. I mean she's uh, she loves animals. She loves animals and nature. She loves uh, uh um art. She's a great artist. She's going for a black belt in karate. No way. I mean, she's a really well rounded kid. Child. Yeah, well, a junior black belt. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and she's she's an amazing, amazing kid. I'm a little biased, but she really is. Yeah, of course. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think she. You know, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. For, you know, she's got to follow her own passions. I don't think she's going in the show business direction. Yeah. Although, and this this kind of blows my mind. We we've had every inter- uh, instrument in the house. Since she was born, I mean, you know, uh, my drummer bought her a, a drum set, and we've got keyboards, and uh-huh. there's guitars and everything. And like a half a year ago, she says, "I want to learn to play the accordion." No, it was so sweet, and I've I've got her a little studio. Do you model. have that on film? You must. You would watch that over <laughs> yeah. and over. What a proud moment! Yeah, and I, I've been giving her recording lessons. I got her a little student model, and I, I she tells me what song she wants to learn, and I write out the music for her, and I no. I teach her, and she's she's really good. No, yeah, it's so sweet. That's amazing. Yeah. Can we agree accordion? Too many buttons. And, and we also, yes, yes. <laughs> and we also know on? I'd have to worry about her being too popular in high school now. <laughs> we nip that right in the bud. Well, I guess the concern that I have for my own fictional children is that they'll see something that appears effortless. 
Like, you probably play music to recreate as well. Like, uh-huh. you know, not all the time, but you probably, you know, jam around or whatever. Bit, sure. And, like, I like being funny uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, off stage. <laughs> not all the time, but, like, yeah, uh, yeah. every once in a while, be silly and right. stuff. And then that's also what I get paid for. So I, I'm sometimes worried that that effortlessness will uh, uh, translate into, oh, I'll just, I'll just be me, and then eventually someone will start paying me to be me. I don't think she has that kind of a feeling. She doesn't feel entitled at all. She, yeah. she she sees how much work goes into it. I mean, there are a lot of times when the daddy can't play. Daddy's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that what your process looks like? It's a lot of like staring into well, space. It, it, it's, it's hard to explain to a kid that wants to like go out and play with you that you know you're working when you're. Uh, it appears that you're just sitting in a chair looking off into space, right? <laughs> you I, know, I would say every aspect of your life uh, to, a, to a creative person's life is kind of a little bit work, maybe point zero 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 three percent work, but relaxing or taking a nap or. Or, or staring. It's or, all part of the process. It's all part of the process. Yeah. You, you know this. Yeah, yeah. Like I say this. I love Mad Men. Don Draper. Obviously, he didn't write this line. <laughs> probably Matt Weiner. But it was like think about it really, really hard, then stop thinking about it, and it'll pop. That's into exactly your head. right. Which, Isn't which, that exactly right? It's pretty much. Which is why most of my songs get written like between like midnight and four in the morning. Yeah. Because there's nothing going on. There's no. Because it take, takes a while to get into the proverbial zone, you yeah. know. And and if there's a phone's ringing or you know the somebody's trying to talk to you or so, any kind of distraction, it'll take you out of that. Yeah, that's right. I think so. Do you get up to write it, or are you a night night owl? I just I just stay up usually. Um, you know, so I I I'm on my own schedule, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife is nice enough to let me sleep in usually in the mornings. Oh, that's take great. Take to school. So, so yeah. she's in bed, and and uh, presumably she also isn't like a night owl person. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to sleep, and that's kind of like owl time. Kind of, yeah. I mean, and that's only when I'm uh, writing. I mean, uh, normally I try to get on my my family's cycle. Yeah. <laughs> but but when I'm actively working on a project, then it'll kind of switch. That's great. Great. So do they know different owls? Like with with, my, with, <laughs> with ah, what I mean is <laughs> with my with my girlfriend, I'll say like I'm I'm waiting, Pete. Like I'll I'll submit something, and then like I know I'm going to hear back notes on a script or something. I'll hear back on a couple days, and I'll just be like, I know I'm just a little distracted. I'm I'm waiting, Pete, or whatever. Or like you're working out, you're writing on it, you're currently writing. That's a different kind of owl than the non-writing owl. Um, I, to some extent, I mean, I, I don't uh, say, "Honey, I'm hungry, owl." You know, I don't, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. But uh, I realize as I was saying it, it is kind of insane. I don't mean like you change entirely, but no. you have cycles. But my my wife knows, like, when I'm writing something, when I'm like actively writing something, I'll walk around the house like a zombie. I will, yeah. I'll be. She'll say something, and I won't, I won't hear her the first three times. <laughs> so she kind of knows. Okay, that's that's this version of Al, and it's gr- it's grinding in there. It's grinding yeah. over and over. Right. I I get like bits in my head. I get I have to imagine I get your songs in my head. I have to imagine <laughs> you also get your songs in your head or or whatever you're working on has to be stuck in there to a certain extent. Well that, that that's true. I mean that that's part of the job which which is also why uh once I do a parody if the original song comes on the radio I'll turn it off. Yeah. Cuz you know it you know I don't want to I don't want to remember those original words anymore, you know. Cuz cuz I I've heard of now this is a famous thing Don McLean who did American Pie. He yeah. he told me that every now now and then when he's singing American Pie on stage, he'll think of my parody lyrics, and it screws him up. <laughs> That's got to be a good yeah. feeling. You got in there. Yeah. The guy's probably played it a hundred thousand times, right, and right. you're like, isn't this song about Star Wars? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Is it really? When it comes right down to it. <laughs> if you think about it, what's yeah, the pie? Really. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the prequels? 
Did I like the prequels? Yeah. Oh, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded yeah. question. I just had a guy on that was in defense of the prequels, and then I had another person on that really hated oh, here, Here's my stock answer to that. Uh, oh, do you get this a lot? Uh, Jonah. Jonah Ray asked, actually asked me that, I think, okay. at a Comic-Con conference, and my answer at the time was, uh, uh, I like all the prequels, but if I had to order them, I would say five, four, six, three, two, one. <laughs> Perfect. Five, four, six, three, two, one. And as I'm doing it, it checks out. Yeah. Three, not bad. Uh-huh. Just rewatched it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was it? Uh, uh, Patton was talking about some kind of edit that somebody did of, of the prequels that, oh, that made yeah. it not so bad. They took Jar Jar out completely. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I forget the name he called it, but it was apparently a famous. Uh, uh, Edit of, yeah. of the prequels. That- oh, it's called the Phantom Something. The Phantom Edit. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. It's Star Wars The Phantom Edit. And it's much shorter and there's no Jar Jar and it takes a lot of the horse shit out. Yeah. Are you looking forward to, 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 to the J.J. Abrams one? <laughs> I I just... So I just had Drew Michael on the podcast and he was like, none of the movies are good, which I don't agree with, but we have all this nostalgia for the first three. And he's like, right. they've always been cheesy. They've always been kind of like children's movies and stuff. So the prequels should have been cheesy and should have things like Jar Jar, like Chewbacca. I don't know. Well, yeah, the thing is, a lot of, uh, apparently a lot of kids that didn't grow up with the original three, it's not that big of a deal to them. They right. see the prequels and go, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. totally on board. I, I think they're, they might be right. We have so much poured into a thing. People are probably this way with the UHF. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like, I I do. I watch UHF every birthday from like 10 on. It came out with, <laughs> really? Like, it was my thing. Wow. <laughs> like Three Amigos and UHF were like <laughs> the two movies that I always wanted to watch. Now, I'm not saying they're not good, but because I have that memory associated There's with both of There's a certain nostalgia, films, definitely, yeah. I just, I'm like, how dare you not like UHF? <laughs> but if you show it to a, a, a 15-year-old now and he's like, it's not for me... You know, the pace yeah. of things have changed. I think the Family Guy, I like Family Guy, but it's changed the pace the that pace jokes are supposed to come at. I mean, I was looking at the trailer for UHF not too long ago, and even the, I mean, it, the trailers are so of 30 years ago. Like, there's like an announcer, <laughs> a guy with a TV station. Like, yeah, they, yeah, you don't yeah. have like voiceover announcers yeah. unironically anymore for for movies. I mean, that's that's like such an old school thing now. I know, but it, the movie literally had to be explained to everyone. It's right. like, I don't need to be figuring anything out. No. No, feed it to me. <laughs> it's a guy. Shovel it in. And he got a TV stick. Okay, I'm on. Okay. <laughs> I, Emo Phillips was just on the podcast. Oh, yeah. It was great. We I didn't love talk Emo. about uh, UHF. I wanted to ask him if he remembered the, the song from UHF. That's also kind of an old thing, that movies would have songs. Thinking about it now, you probably oh, wrote yeah, the it. theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't touch that. Right. Uh, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't touch that dial. dial. We, we got, got it all on UHF. <laughs> <laughs> What did yeah, mean? movies gotta have a theme song. Yeah, Ben Will Smith brought it back. American Sniper, <laughs> he's a sniping guy. Hey, why don't they do that anymore? I mean, come on, they should all have theme songs. <laughs> oh my God, uh, have you hosted the Oscars? Have I? <laughs> Let me think. Um, uh, you should. No, I don't think I've hosted the you Oscars. You should, and you should do it. <laughs> 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 oh, that, I, I, look, if I were on the board, I would uh, just based well, on that. I, we can premise. only hope going forward you get <laughs> a seat there, on the board. There was a big thing. I was disappointed. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl, but I was disappointed that you didn't get to do the show. There was a big. Oh, no, I, I was the shark on the left. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people totally miss that. It was subtle work. <laughs> but they want to incorporate me somehow. We'll put you in a shark outfit, dance next to Katie, and it'll be great. Check that off the list. Al's been on the Super Bowl. 
Has that been something that people have wanted for a long time? I have to imagine. Uh, for, for a few years now, and, and last year sort of reached a fever pitch yeah. to the point where I, I, I used to think there's no possible way in a million years it'll happen. And last, last time around, it was like, there's a small inkling of a chance. And at, as soon as I thought this could happen, I, 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 I got stomach pains. Oh, like, really? Because oh. if I were to, you know, I wouldn't turn down the gig, obviously. Yeah. But if I were to get that gig, it would be like nonstop diarrhea. It would just be like, <laughs> I would be so, <laughs> so, so nervous. I mean, that that's some yeah. obvious. I mean... <laughs> watching Katie she had that like like wee strap on her arm so that like the microphone yeah. wouldn't fall I would imagine every little thing you do you'd be terrified of it going wrong like I did the of Emmys course. last year yes and uh, that was not as terrifying as doing the Super Bowl but pretty terrifying like yes. 15 million people live television and um, oh just you saying that I, gave me diarrhea you know <laughs> I, I, I tried not to think about it but it was there and like halfway th- I'm doing this big song and dance number choreographed dancers everything halfway through it I do a high kick and the my battery <laughs> pack falls out of my pants and now it's dangling between my leg like the pendulum on a grandfather clock and I'm trying to stay focused trying to stay focused but I'm thinking in the back of my mind if this comes unplugged I'm uh, I'm a mime act. I have no oh. sound. I have to do the rest of the show with no sound. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm still dancing. I'm singing. I'm going. I hope this lasts another 35 seconds. You look up. You just see like an improvised boom yeah. over your head. It's like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. I think about that moment all the time. Did you see when Billy Crystal he hosted? He's hosted the Oscars once or yeah, twice. I've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, he gave somebody a lifetime achievement award. This guy in, in like a hundred years old, and that man is not Mike. Have you heard this story? No. He stood up. They were just like it wasn't a lifetime achievement award, but they're just like we just want to honor and respect one of the greats is here. And the and the, they cut to the old guy, and the old guy stood up, unbeknownst to anybody. He just got up and starts giving a speech. So he's not Mike. Right. So what the? It's like this really sad kind of like vulnerable, I should say, vulnerable uh-huh. moment. Everybody's kind of like, oh no, this poor guy doesn't know that he wasn't supposed to give a speech and he's not Mike. And what is Billy Crystal going to say? And they come back to Billy Crystal, and he's like, that that's very fitting. He's a legend, and he got his start in silent film. Oh, very nice. And everyone goes nuts, <laughs> and it's just like I think about those live moments. They, there's potential for a lot of greatness, yeah, and there's also a potential for a mic pack. You know, the sound <laughs> the sound guy was. Punching himself in the nuts that whole time. He was just like, I'm the one thing. Strap it. Yeah. Did you do the kick in rehearsal? Yeah. I'm not a sound guy, but come no. on. No, when, when, I, when I do my live show, I, I have my, my belt pack. Uh, it's like strapped on, like with the Velcro. Because you have all these, all these costume changes and everything else. Yes, I've and, seen it. It's yeah, a wonderful thank live you. show. Yeah, and, I, and I, I guess for the Emmys, they're thinking, oh, what's he going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> kick over his head? <laughs> <laughs> you know. How high could he kick? Yeah, <laughs> when it comes right down to it. <laughs> You do seem very youthful, and I um, that upsets me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just funnier to have an opinion. You seem really. You seem. Really, <laughs> I'm tired of people not having a. Just yeah. have an opinion. It's funnier to be like, and that makes me angry. That makes me angry. <laughs> How dare you? I know you're a vegan. I, I found that out. I, I normally don't bring it up because I'm a vegan, and people are tired of uh, hearing me talk about. Are, are you like a strict vegan, or like if somebody like puts like anything cheesy in front of you, do you go? No, I don't. Uh, my girlfriend, who's also vegan, she ate a frosty the other night. Uh-huh. So she's she's what I would call more of a flegan, flexible vegan. Okay, which I was. For... I, I'm going to go with that. I'm a flegan. Flegan. All right. So you your cheese is your weakness. I, well, yeah. If 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 uh, after a big show there's a cheese pizza on the bus, I might take. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> but you're not going to order the cheese pizza. Right. I want to know the parameters. That, that's one of those people like trying them. to quit smoking by like, I'll borrow a cigarette off yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's funny that you say that. I, I've never been a smoker and I've never quit smoking and I've never bumped, but that completely helped me understand yeah. what you were saying. <laughs> so you just kind of like happen. It's casual. Yeah, I'm fl- so fleeging. My, my wife. Uh, you're you know, not hard on yourself. When we were dating, my wife uh, was vegetarian. Uh, we got married and, and uh, uh, when she got pregnant, she I, her body changed and all of a sudden, you know, she'd see a, a billboard for for a roast beef ad, and, yeah. and uh, she'd go, "Oh, I need some of that." Like, yeah. who are you? What happened to my wife? <laughs> and uh, so now she's still vegetarian, but she eats meat all the time. That's the only. <laughs> so she's much more flexible than me. You mean it never came back? Not so much. Like I get the Sophie's choice of it that she wants to eat a rare steak because yeah. you know she's probably anemic, yeah. or the baby really wants iron or whatever. I, I think like she it, just she got just... tired of sharing her food with me. It's like, no, sorry, I wish you could have some of my food, but lots of meat, you know. <laughs> You're like, that's the pizza tour buzz. If I eat the meat <laughs> off your plate, I'm still not eating. Right. <laughs> So it, it, after the child was born, she still your daughter was born. She still just kind of kept rolling with it. Yeah, and and my daughter was sort of the same way. I mean, she she definitely leans vegetarian because she's a big animal lover, and she makes the connection like you know animals equals meat. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, she she loves her meat. <laughs> so <laughs> you just so, described everyone. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the discomfort of saying you're a vegan, and I get this because I'm a new vegan. So like, I still completely relate to and understand when somebody's a vegan how that's kind of like annoying because there's so many issues. Issues, and I, I, I like to point this out. You can only really care about three. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can pick three uh-huh. issues. That's why, like, I, I can't bring politics or sports in because I already have my interests, and then the, then I have my issues. And one of my issues now, because of my diet, has become like animal rights or whatever, yeah. animal abuse, if you want to call it that. Uh, but then, like other people might be like, "Well, your genes were made by children." You right. know what I mean? Like, what? what so yeah, I don't have any issues, you know. <laughs> and and a ve- vegans can get kind of annoying. I mean, you know, I've, on my tour, I'm playing two stops at the Oregon Zoo, and I've got like a half a dozen people on my Twitter feed. I can't believe, right. as a vegan, you're playing the zoo. Like, that's where they booked me. I, that's <laughs> you know, it's my job. That's what I do. Like, I, I didn't put the animals in those cages. Like, yes, I'm, I was I was only following orders. <laughs> but no, well, zoos are depressing. I, I hope. Eat it cheers them up. <laughs> those, those fucking animals look so oh, blue. Yeah, I, I try. I try not to. You know. I I, I try not to be, be in, in, in people's face about my, yes. my beliefs, uh, you know, especially veganism, because I've been in some situations. Like I went to a, a vegetarian re- restaurant, which has since gone out of business. But I, I went up to the person on the counter and innocently asked, uh, are, are there any eggs in this? And I got this look. No, there are not any dead chicken embryos of any kind. Oh. In the f-. And I go, okay, well, we didn't need to go there, really. Yeah. So, But thank you anyway. <laughs> That goes back to the three issues. People also just want something to get mad about. Right. I actually think that helps sports, helps us enact our rage. You know what I mean? Road rage. We even called it road rage. So we're like, it's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fun kind of rage. Right. So if you, <laughs> if you get mad in the car, though. It's like a game show, a Japanese game show. Road rage. <laughs> load rage? Come on. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't, but in your first, mind, you said that. In my mind, I heard load rage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but the idea that like as soon as we label it it becomes okay you know right or also screaming at your sports team is okay and then what was the one that got us there i forget it was so long ago it's so long ago play back the tape i had a point i had a point (laughs) it doesn't matter people like things oh veganism is another thing that you can be like let out this like naturally occurring angst right about you don't have any vices though i mean you must you probably eat cheese pizza on the tour bus 
That, that for me is my big vice. Yeah. Like every now and then. And I'm not one of those people that's like, you got to be doing something, Al. You got to be doing Because I spent a, a bulk of my life not drinking, smoking. And I'm a perfect human being. I mean, I wish, <laughs> I wish I had some faults, but it just never happened. <laughs> Sorry, man. But what do you do to unwind? Is it uh, mindless movies? Oh, I, I kill small children. <laughs> <laughs> Torturing rats with a hacksaw yeah, yeah. and pulling the wings off of flies. No, I don't. You know, I don't. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I in my spare time, uh, you know, I, I spend it with my Do family. You get this or, question a lot uh, from you. No, this is the first time. <laughs> Um, you didn't seem bored, but as I asked, I was like, people probably are always like, what's the deal? Why don't you like cognac? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have any real hobbies, per se. I mean, most of my spare time, uh, other than, than uh, playing with my family, is just like online, just, you know, surfing the internet and, yeah. and occasionally watching uh, TV shows that yeah. I have to catch up on. But the, the, the smoking, drinking thing never just caught you. No, I mean, um, I, I don't never drink. Uh, you know, on, on occasion, like at a Mexican restaurant, I might have a, a uh, blueberry margarita. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, but um, and I've, I've, it's I've like never... Fleegan. It's you're flexible on that too. Yeah. Like I'm seeing. I, I'm I'm delighted. We just we've met a couple times, but we've just getting to know each other. I don't know why I'm, that makes me happy to see a mind where the walls of the maze are low. Yeah, and I, I've never I've never done drugs. My parents always just really kind of drummed it into me, like to stay away from drugs. And I yeah. and I did. And I, I liked hanging out with people that were taking drugs because <laughs> it's easy to make them laugh. I <laughs> thought of uh, a line when you got some shit, not just for playing a zoo, but for playing a. Uh, Pork festival or something. A barbecue, oh, uh, a barbecue right, show. yeah, right, right, right. Who cares? But then I was like, you also don't do drugs, but a majority of your audience is probably stoned. Like a lot of people. <laughs> I always keep that in mind. So if you ever want to, like, hey, I don't do drugs, but my audience is like, you know what I mean? I yeah, don't yeah. eat meat, but they, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what am I giving you a bit? <laughs> so if you want that, if you want to do that, okay. Here's some song parents I wrote to. <laughs> do people do that? They must. That's the bane of my existence. I, I don't get it quite so much anymore, but for, you know, uh, 20, 25 years. It's got to kill you. Everywhere I went, like, oh, I've got this great idea that I thought of in third grade. I've been saving it for the moment that I ever meet you Whoa. randomly in public. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got to, I mean, this happens, that happens to me much, much, much like point nothing compared to you. Point nothing. <laughs> Point <compared>. nothing. That's <laughs> very that little. Like a movie. Very little. Point nothing. With Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I would watch Point Nothing. <laughs> it's the sequel to Point Break. Uh, but the idea that people sometimes give me bits, and this happens sometimes, they'll give me something that I'm like, that's very, this is the only time I'll reply on Twitter. I just, I'll go like, I just want you to know that's very similar to something that right, I am right. doing. And I, it's important to me that you know that I didn't take it from you. Yeah. And I'll tweet it publicly. Uh-huh. And I have to imagine uh, you, what your work is wonderful and brilliant. You know what I mean? But like sometimes a chorus could be like changing a word. And if somebody goes like, I'm the one, like, let's take, well, that, you know, let's that's take the, Eat It. I said to Al, I said you should do Eat It. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, if, if, tw- if YouTube uh, and Twitter had been around in 1984, that would have been the case. Like, yeah. I came up with that. I was yeah. one of the first 10,000 people to suggest that. <laughs> Which is why nowadays, particularly, I try to stay away from the low-hanging fruit because any, like, obvious idea, a million people have thought of it already. Right. And we live in a culture now where everybody can can do their own Weird Al thing. Like, yeah, yeah, You yeah. don't need to, like, have a record deal to, like, get your stuff on, you know. Millions of people of millions could of see people. it. Yes. Yeah, that happens to us when I did a talk show and would come, like, when Batman, when uh, Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, I was like, we got to put, uh, oh, yeah, Ben Affleck, yeah, I said it right. I was like, <laughs> we got to do uh, Goodwill Hunting, but let's cut Batman 
went into all the all the scenes with Ben Affleck. So uh-huh. We'll do it like that. And then <laughs> while we were making it, so that has a lot of post production because it's green screen and we have to cut it in. While we were doing that, like eight hundred other people of did course, of course, something very very similar, and we didn't get too much shit. Uh, but because people, for the most part, understand that, like, I think they understand that that's how things work. That's how right. ideas right. work. Well, but a lot of other people think you're a thief. That, well, that's the whole culture. That I, I, I imagine it must be tough even having, having a, well, you're a late night talk show yeah. because, like, every topical joke you can think of, yeah. Twitter's already done it. It's it's almost irrelevant. Can we talk about the irrelevance of television? <laughs> Do you feel that way? I mean, it seems to be going somewhere else it seems to be slipping some other way everything can be watched uh instantly and and twitter can get you those Mm -hmm. jokes the second they happen you know what i mean so like we used to stay up to watch carson or whatever and now just late night but then everything seems to be kind of like the idea of waiting to watch something at eight o'clock is absurd yeah i mean you know and the time shifting too i mean i I watch a lot of the the topical shows like three or four days after they happen i go oh yeah that would have been funny three days ago i can see how that would have (laughs) worked You're heckling. Yeah. That's so three days ago. <laughs> Ow. They, they reply. Yeah. <laughs> I get a letter. Snail mail. Yeah, I, I think Mr. It, Yankovic. What, what, let's talk about the business side of things, because I do think it's interesting. Whenever uh, guys like Mike Berbiglia, I always like talking to him. He's a good friend of mine. Berbigs! Do you know him? Oh, yeah. He's great. But like he, he acts like he's just kind of like – I would say this if you were in the room. He'll probably listen to this. He acts like uh, like a lot of us act, which is just like, oh, we just kind of – we're nice guys. We're sweet guys. But Mike is so huge. You know what I mean? And here you are. You're a nice guy and a sweet guy, and you're so huge. I'm not looking for anything sinister, and I'm not saying Mike has anything sinister. But I am – Oh, I can tell you stories <laughs> about Mike. <laughs> that monster. <laughs> monster Mike Berbiglia. <laughs> The idea of the business sense. At some point, you ha- you probably have these little twinges, I'm assuming, like a lot of us, where you, you know this is the move, this is not the move. You, you're making, you're navigating, you understand business. You didn't just write these songs in your basement and not do anything with them. You had a little bit of a drive to yeah. do something. Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, I just basically always, you know, do what I think is gonna gonna work. I mean, you know, uh, there's. I get a lot of offers, and one of the I have the option of saying no a lot now. Yeah. Like early on in my career, not so much because like a- any offer was a good offer, and you got to do what you got to do. And now I'm in a kind of enviable position where uh, probably like ninety percent of the things my manager you know uh, forwards to me, I go, eh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, because I, I I love that I don't need to like be like trying to pay the mortgage down. I'm right. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy where I am at, and I only do stuff that I think is fun and cool and. Uh, uh, you know that I actually want to do. If, it's if, great. If, if, great. Because my wife and I have a thing called the day will come. Like if you agree to something, the day will come, <laughs> and you'll be like, "Oh no, the day is here, and I got to do that thing I said I was going to do." So we we try not to like obligate ourselves to do things that we really don't want to do. Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. I was just I just saw Letterman talking to Michael Keaton uh, about that, where he was like. You agree to something because it's so far yeah, away. Like, That'll never come. That'll never, That'll come. never happen. The day April, will come. what? Forget it. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll be there. Put it in your calendar. The I'll day. be there. Yes, that's so <laughs> funny. Let's get the Easter Bunny in yeah. on this because that's never happening. But it does. And then you yeah. have to go to something that you're right. like, why did I agree to this? Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the business side of it, you know, I, I guess the, line, the, the separation I'm trying to make is you're young, Al. Uh huh. Hungry Al, Young Al, Weird Al. Now you're Young Al, and you and you're starting out. There had to be like some pinnacle moments where you 
didn't just end up like a guy just writing these songs for his friends. Like, I, I'm not telling you to tell your origin story as much as the idea that you, you like, made choices, like yeah. biz, business choices. There, there are a couple really hard decisions in, in the late 80s. Uh, this, is pro- this is probably my biggest hard decision, and it still kind of hurts me in my gut to this day. Mm. Uh, I was approached by a beer company, and I, I won't say which one, but they wanted me to do commercials for them. And I told them I'm, I'm honored and I'm flattered, but, you know, a lot of my uh, audience is young kids, and I don't, you know, I don't want to say they look up to me as a role model, but I, I don't want to, you know, be putting something out there and have them emulate some kind of behavior that I think might be harmful to them. So I think this is not the best idea, but thank you very much. And they basically couldn't believe I was turning them down. And they came back and back and saying, we'll give you this much and please do this for us. And I'm like, yeah. It has to be a lot. The last offer, <laughs> like, the last yeah. offer, and remember this is the 80s. The last offer was $5 million. <laughs> said no and it it still hurts me in my gut to turn that kind of i'm I'm not i'm not sorry i don't regret it yeah i you know i'd still do the same thing but it never feels good to turn down five million (laughs) dollars i have to say i have to say that that is so first of all i completely get it i wouldn't want to do a commercial for mcdonald's if they were like we'll give you five million dollars i'd be like i I think that's a uh, not a good thing for me to do. Uh-huh. Uh, so I understand. So I think that's a great story, and I'm glad you told it. And I, I you know, because it wouldn't change my life in the sense that, like, you know, I, I already have the life I want. It's right. not gonna, I'm not going to be like, I'm water skiing behind five jets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I, I was actually thinking about that on the drive over. The idea that you have. I have to assume you know where your food is. Right. Uh, your daughter is, is provided for. Your wife is provided. You're provided for. Everybody's okay. The, uh, you know, the house isn't going to be, like, taken away from you. So now you're in this place that a lot of people assume that's when they'll get happy. We all postpone our happiness to the idea, like, when I pay off my house, that's when I'll be happy. I was always pretty happy, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, even What's when I was on? working in the mailroom for minimum wage, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's part of your disposition. Yeah. I, I think that fame just kind of uh, exaggerates everything about you, or yeah. people's mostly people's perception of you. Yeah. Because, because, um, you know, I, I have a reputation somehow of being a really nice guy, and I, I think I'm a nice guy. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not like more nice than the, the normal nice guy but, but because <laughs> because I've got some level of fame people go oh Al's the nicest guy yeah. in the world yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and I think all that is I'm, I'm just not a jerk to people right and that translates into he's incredible right <laughs> and we feel like you could if you wanted to be uh-huh. a jerk because you'd be like he's probably stressed or he's busy right. he's getting in his car service or whatever <laughs> you know what I mean so if you are nice People think you're very 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 nice I get that yeah what was it oh but the idea so you're always happy and what's going on with that <laughs> I guess I mean, like, what is it that makes you happy? You know, part of it, I wouldn't say this is not even true, but but I I just thought of a a line, uh, I think it was a John Cusack movie where he says, how hard is it to just pretend to be happy and then you're happy? Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm pretending to be happy, but I think it's a conscious decision. I mean, you you can go through life being glum, like you're, you know, modeling for a Gap ad or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or or you could, like, just kind of put yourself out there and be the best kind of version of yourself I, and i think a lot of it is because i meet a lot of fans and i figure like their experience with me only lasts a few seconds if i do a meet and greet or a signing outside of my bus after a show most of them like will talk to me for 10 15 seconds and that little moment in time is the opinion will you know, develop the opinion they'll have of me probably for the rest of their lives so yeah. even if i'm not having a good day if i'm a little sick or under the weather you gotta have to put yourself out there and be the best version of yourself so that they have a nice memory yeah 
I think that's so funny and so true. The idea that that it is a I, I get the same sort of similar reputation that I'm like a sweet guy, like a sweet nice guy, and I am. But I also I like to say that I'm everything. You know what I mean? And you're also sure, everything. Sure. But then you can encourage certain behaviors and certain thoughts. I have to uh, imagine that you're. You said your best self. I would say your your highest self or whatever. This idea, sure. which is a fantasy. You go like, what would the the highest self version of me do right now? And I try and do what that guy would do. Like you're doing an impression. <laughs> it's not phony. You just know you have it in you to act this of way course. instead of this way. And you, every I like to say everybody has the Joker and Batman. Just lean towards Batman. Just like go <laughs> that way a little bit more. But I think people want to hear you say. Uh, I just am. I, I'm just happy. When really it's probably coming down moment to moment. You're in traffic. Do you, Al, get upset or do you go like, Road rage! <laughs> A masterful yeah. callback. That was, I forgot that was this podcast that we talked about that. But, or do you go like, what's the big deal? I'm not being eaten by flesh eating yeah, ants. I, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get uh, angry. I'm, I'm, I've never been like a, a rage guy or a shouter. I mean, if I get really, really upset, I kind of internalize it. I probably will have ulcers <laughs> within five years. But, but you know, I, I don't get that upset. I certainly don't get angry. It's sort of like yeah. I just kind of, I, you know, I, I walk away. I have to th- think that people are have screwed you over, though. There have to be like, this is the deal, especially early in your career. That's the deal. And then they short you or they cancel uh-huh. you or or something. Just I'm trying to think of something that's happened to me, like just something that's really wrong in showbiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you are you able to find that like kind of grown up voice and say like that wasn't okay without yeah. losing your temper? No, absolutely. I mean, like, okay, that was uh, not not a good move on their part, and um, I'll I'll probably never work with them again. And thirty years from now, I'm going to write a really nasty Twitter comment about them. <laughs> Yeah. The slow burn. The slow burn. Revenge is best yeah. tweeted. Cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of shut out the beef. Yeah. No. But I, I don't. I don't get. I. You know. I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I. I internalize it a bit. I, I don't get like really angry or, or super frustrated. Yeah. I, I try to be pretty mellow about that. And you don't see it coming out. Here's here's my like. I'll intern. I internalize a lot too. Like. Um, like I'll have a weird conversation with my mother or something, and she, this is pretend. But she'll let's say my mom or my dad or my brother or somebody in my family makes me upset. I often have a hard time communicating that to them, and so I go to like therapy, and my, my therapist is like, "What would you say?" And then, <laughs> and then it comes out just so easily. Uh-huh. But like in the moment, I'll always just kind of be the good son and revert to my ten-year-old self and just kind of like all that sort of Al-Anon sort of thing. Hey, Al-Anon. So the idea. Sorry. So the idea. <laughs> shit. Oh God. <laughs> I would turn this podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Jesus, Louise. But the idea that then I'll notice, uh, like you can go through my movie collection and be like, oh, the Bourne movies, those are the movies I watch when I feel like I was raised to be a certain way, but I want to break away from that. Wow. Yeah. There Will Be Blood is uh, when I'm feeling like, uh, sometimes when I'm feeling lonely or like you're the only person in the world or like like some sort of exonerate that. Every movie. What's in- the, what, when, when do you watch the porn? <laughs> <laughs> That's just when I'm feeling anxious okay. and horny, which is most of the time. <laughs> I know this is kind of a vulnerable thing to admit, but I, I took my girlfriend through my collection. I was like, about Schmidt. That's one of my movies, like coping with aging. This, uh, the Savages, is another movie wow. when I'm feeling like coping with death. Uh, Raid Redemption is another movie I watch when I'm coping with death because so many people die in it. So there really is like a, a cathartic sort of feel to all of these things. So I'm wondering, and then sometimes I run people over in Grand Theft Auto, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's not even a bit. Sometimes I'll, I'll just notice, oh, I'm watching uh, – what's another one? 
it doesn't matter. I'm watching one of these movies. I must feel this way. Because and, and, why do I have this instinct to watch that? Do you have any behaviors? Yeah, I, I haven't be- ever thought of it in that way. I mean, I've never actually heard of somebody that uses like movies as a prescription for their feelings. Yeah, uh, it and, does sound crazy. And, now but, but you know, I, I, I'm sure on, on a certain level, that's how we, that's how we're all wired. I'm, I'm sure that like in the back of our brains, we're making that decision perhaps uh, uh, subconsciously. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I, I can't say that I've, I've, you know, really been that in touch with my feelings <laughs> where I was able to say, yes, this is the reason I'm watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Most people stop it and I feel like a comedy. You know what I mean? Or I feel like a drama. Right. But I think if you go deeper, you're like, I feel like that because I had a bad conversation (laughs) with my mom. (laughs) Hey, honey, this screener just came in today. You want to watch it? I don't know if I'm feeling that. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes it is just random, like, let's just watch a movie, right. obviously. And I would like to point out that every third one was like, and that's just a silly, silly, funny comedy. There you you know what I mean? And yeah. That's a funny movie, and this is a documentary that has no uh, emotional context, but, like, maybe 15 of them definitely do. Okay. Definitely do. <laughs> so I'm asking, instead of rage or frustration or uh, ugly emotions, um, do, you, do you have any beha- – do you, like, swim really crazy? <laughs> I do. It's wacky. <laughs> uh, or do I, you, uh, you know, I, I do mean like exercise or, uh, I don't know. Does it yeah, come out in other ways? I, I'm sure it does. I mean, you know, I, I uh, my, my daughter and I get kind of kind of crazy sometimes. She She's a very, uh, you know, good student and very studious, and she kind of keeps it together at school. Yeah. And she knows when she's with me, she can just be as crazy as she wants to be. So we have some some pretty wild times. Yeah, and that's fun. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Really um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get a lot of my yayas out that way with her. And, <laughs> and then, like... What my, a good answer. Yeah, and then, then uh, you know, on the road, of course, it's sort of like saving it all for the show. Like, yeah. like the, one, the, 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 the 22 hours Day that I'm not on stage, I basically live like a monk in the back of the tour bus, and I'm like yeah. <laughs> saving my voice and, and watching satellite TV and surfing online and just trying to keep right. you know, just saving saving everything for the. That for the goes stage. back. Do you have any throat techniques? That's how we started. Yeah, I mean, because I've 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 lost my voice on the road before, which is not fun. What do you do? There's not nothing much you can do. I mean, you know, you hear all these stories about how John Belushi had like some kind of glycerin like injected into his throat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There's like all these like hardcore. What you feel like you want to happen. Like you're like if only they could put something right in there. There's and there's no fix. There's no the the only way you can get over laryngitis is basically not talking for a week. Mm. Which if when when you're doing a show every single night and mm. screaming for two hours at, at a time, that's like a little girl. <laughs> like a little girl. Yeah. Uh, that that's not an option. So it's I, I learned and I've never canceled a show. Like uh, I, there are many shows I probably should have canceled at the time. Like <laughs> hello, Boise, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I learned that you know I have to really really take care of my voice because. Because uh, it's a it's a very delicate instrument. Right. And if, you, if you lose it in the middle of a five month tour, that's not a pretty thing. Yeah. So, but I, I'm happy to hear you say that you uh, are calm all day. I, I like doing that too. There's there's momentum, which is one theory to lead up to a show, which is like you're kind of like a little using a little bit of gas all day. Yeah. You just kind of like being uh, social. You run errands right. and stuff. And then there's uh, you know reserves, which is the idea that you have to charge your batteries during the day and you let them loose at night. Yeah, but you're you're a reserves guy. I, some people translated that to, to rudeness. I not not often, I but understand that. but uh, you know because they they have this perception of me as just kind of like bouncing off the walls guy. Yeah, and they don't understand that like that's not me twenty four hours a day. Like you know my my default position is 
pretty, you know, right. pretty mellow. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and if they bump into me, I mean, as most people, I think, understand that that's the case. But some people probably just think that, well, he wasn't being like, he wasn't telling me jokes. So what right. a jerk. And when, and when your name has a has an adjective in it, right. people are like, that wasn't weird at all. Exactly. Like, that's that exactly, must be the yeah. other bane of your right. existence. And again, that's such a small percentage. But that, that's like anything with Twitter. Like, like irony is a tough thing to do online because most people get it. But there'll be a certain percentage that, that go, that's not the case at all. Why would you say such a thing? Why, that's the opposite that's of the what opposite you of what... said. <laughs> oh, God, there should be a font. Yeah. But then it's yeah. not fun. It's fun to have that moment. Right. Where, even though it's so simple to realize, oh, he's being ironic. He's, he's joking. He's yeah. being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your... Uh, love life. Let's go back. Ooh. Do you mind? Well, let's see. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, you you're, you can pass on any of these questions. <laughs> Here's one thing I noticed. So you skipped uh, the second grade. Yes. And you started kindergarten a year early. Uh-huh. I just wanted to put this Wikipedia, you. thank you. Yeah, I know, exactly. And then also that, that fucking accordion quote that wasn't real. Oh. <laughs> That's where I got it to. So it's a good and a bad tool. Yeah, there tool. you go. There I should have researched harder. <laughs> but the idea that, uh, remember, like you were called a, like a nerd because you were smart, Remember when nerd meant smart? Like now nerd just means you love the movies that everybody loves. Well, well, nerd used to have a really kind of negative connotation. That's right. It meant smart, but it also meant, and it still does, but socially awkward. And you were the kind of kid that would like, get beat up at recess. Right, you know, right, right, right. Uh, and, because you study and you love books. Yeah, but yeah. the point being that nobody wanted to be a nerd. Right. Like that was a real insult. And uh, about, mm, I want to say 15 years or 10 15 years ago it kind of flipped like it's slowly but there was yeah. a there's a certain turning point where all of a sudden it was cool to be a nerd yeah 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 you know uh and but even though i consider myself nerdy i never had that full package of it where it's like oh it's almost like threatening like the, we'll, we'll call this one a nerd because they're so smart like they clearly know books like like a bill gates nerd right now i feel like the type of nerds is all like the comic book guy on the simpsons you know what i mean it's just like we're all that type of nerd but he, he's not a genius yeah well that, that's more that's more of a geek than a nerd right what, what is that I, I used to know the whole venn diagram there's a whole there's a whole thing where like between the geeks and the nerds and the dorks there's yeah like, there's a venn diagram that kind of explains that pretty that's well that's really interesting but we can agree that nerd used to mean smart it doesn't need to mean smart any, anymore or like book smart um it, that, it depends on your definition i mean i i think i i think it's being used a lot more now yeah uh, in, in terms of just somebody who fetishizes or somebody who knows a lot about a particular subject yeah interesting so autism yeah <laughs> basically you just described what autism right 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 <laughs> uh so le- okay love life is what what i'm looking for is uh, high school. When when did we get our first girlfriend? Ah, uh, you know, high school was a, kind of a wash. I mean, I, I started high school when I was twelve years old and graduated at sixteen. So, oh my god! And and, and I was a nerd, so there's nothing going on there, nothing at all. It uh, would have been creepy if you did yeah, date people. Yeah, yeah. I'm dating a senior, I'm right. twelve. Right. Uh, college, uh, I had. I don't know if I'd even call her girlfriend. There's there's one girl that I actually dated, which for me at the time that was an amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I didn't. But that was kind of like your first experience. Uh, you know, first experience of dating a woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but and then when I graduated, uh, gosh, I I was you know in my early twenties before I you know started like like actually having girlfriends. And yeah. Like that, yeah. And what is your ratio of uh, breaking up to being broken up with? Boy, I never charted it out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like that you don't have an answer. Because no. a lot of people will go, oh, I always broke, or I always got dumped. No. So um, you had a mix. It was a mix. I Let's say 46%. 
46%. Your, your pick. <laughs> With a 4% margin of error. Right. <laughs> so it, it was it was healthy. And, yeah. And uh, you never got married before you got married. Right. Like you, my, my wife and I uh, both, you know, we, we were both single for a very long time. I got married when I was around 40 years old. I think my wife was like maybe 36, 37 at the time. Oh, is that right? And, and neither one of us had gotten married because we, you know, we both uh, thought we're, we're just doing this once. I mean, we want to be really sure about it and uh, wait Oh, until- I thought you meant life. And you're like, so I'm going to get as much strange as I can. <laughs> I literally thought that's what you were saying. It's like, I'm not getting married. We only do this once, baby. No, no. It's, you it, mean it the commitment. The the commitment. Commi- yeah, because, you know, um, you know a, a lot. Of, when I was single, um, I was basically shopping around for, you know. A wife. For a wife. Yeah. But I did it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And yeah, I yeah. just wanted to be very, very sure that's about it. That's interesting. So did you would end things because you were like, I don't see this going that way. Um, would that be a... a- Fair to they, say? they they all ended for different reasons. It wouldn't be fair to to generalize like that. Yeah. Uh, but but you know uh, ultimately it didn't work out because they weren't the person that I was meant to be with. Was it courting? <laughs> courting. Al goes a courting. What I mean was, were the women also kind of like similar minded? Where we're like, look, let's just see if we're a good mit- match for for a marriage, or was it more just? Am I? I don't think most of my dates really were with me going like, I wonder if this one's going to be my wife. <laughs> Sometimes it was more casual. It was it was yeah, it was very casual. I mean, I uh, you know it wasn't really until I probably got into my mid to late thirties without saying like, oh, I better step this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to put this into overdrive. <laughs> did you have any like uh, what what did heartbreak do to you creatively? Was it enabling or was it disabling? Um, the big ones, probably more disabling. Although uh, famously, I was able to take one of those and make a song out of it. Uh, in in eighty five, I, I had a a woman break up with me, and I was really distraught. And I was just about to write, start writing the Dare to Be Stupid album, but I yeah. wasn't feeling funny. It was yeah. like it was like you know some real heartbreak, and I was able to turn all that emotion and make it <laughs> e- extremely bitter. And I wrote the song one more minute. I'd rather <laughs> clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue than spend one more minute with you. That kind of stuff. I remember so that. Very oh, yeah. bitter, bitter song. Yeah, so yeah, was yeah. Very, that was very cathartic for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really funny. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So you're uh, not dating and you're touring a lot. I have to imagine that's probably pretty good for a guy who wants to get out there and not really have any responsibilities or, yeah. or dependence. And then you meet your wife where? You know, I, I uh, she, uh, in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, I, I travel. I've traveled a lot, uh, and and uh, the woman I wound up marrying lived, you know, almost walking distance from my house. No, and we we got set up through uh, our mutual friend Bill Moomy, who uh, was little Will Robinson on Lost in Space, and also half of Barnes and Barnes, who did Fish Heads. We yeah. had the Doctor Demento connection oh, there. Oh, wow. Uh, and you know, he'd actually set both of us up before with dates that didn't quite work out. He'd set both of you up. Yeah, yeah. He's like a he, he like to be a matchmaker so he uh this was not she was not the first person that bill Moomy had set me ah! up with and neither neither was it for my so wife. you were deep on the bench for your wife like for Moomy, he was like well let's try the third string i don't know why it, i don't know why it took so long but but all of a sudden he's like you know you know who you would like would be suzanne and yeah. like all right and uh you know and and <laughs> said the same thing to suzanne and she was like weird al yeah i don't know i don't know and then she thought about, ah, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Does that happen where you where you call a girl or like, I don't know how a scenario could happen where they wouldn't know. You go, this is Al Yankovic. And they'll be like, weird Al? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I didn't go on a lot of blind dates. This is the thing. But she, she was a blind date because I, you know. Um, is that right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and actually wound up being really, really sweet because uh, at the time with that, Bill set us up. Um 
I was really busy. I think I was getting ready to to release uh, whatever. Ni- uh, Running with Scissors came out in 1999, mm-hmm. and uh, my my wife was a senior vice president of 20th Century Fox in charge of international television sales. Oh, so wow. she had this high powered suit job you know yeah. we both we couldn't we're looking on the calendar we couldn't figure out a time to actually have a date but late at night we both had time so like at 11 o'clock midnight we'd call each other up and we'd have these long conversations and this went on for weeks and yeah. and we got really into each other to the point where and i had no idea you what she even looked dog. like i hadn't i hadn't seen a picture i had you no idea what she looked man. like and like by the time we had our first date i walk up to the door and i'm thinking like i'm probably gonna marry this woman i hope she's kind of cute <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What a wonderful and the first day where'd you go? Um it was a little Thai restaurant down the street. It'd be really funny if you had no chemistry in person. You're like, can I yeah. call you? Yeah. <laughs> like, go to one of those old sixties restaurants with the phone on the table. Right, like, right. Let me call you back real, real fast. That's wonderful. So you dated and you hit it off, obviously. And and she's still a high powered executive. Uh, no, she she uh, she quit shortly uh, around the, around the time that we got married because it wound up not being the best uh, situation for her. Oh. and she's still. I, I hate to you know she she's still you know very very busy. She's very active. I mean, uh, you know, between raising our daughter and doing uh, all all the work she does around the house. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a full time job. Yeah, of course. I I, I I completely understand that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You have such a sharp mind that there's like the pace of this. I looked at the clock. I was like, I can't believe we've only been talking for an hour because I'm like, we're covering all the things. I always like talking about. You can VSO this down and make it like two hours pretty easy. Whoa, bitch. You know. I tend to match the guest's energy and I'm really enjoying being in your space and it's making this podcast a reasonable length. Right. You You have like a five hour minimum, right? We go really long. <laughs> Matt Myra, who, who you met yeah. doing Nerdist, his episode is three hours and 45 minutes. Wow. But we were talking about a breakup. Like, we were talking about, like, a big breakup in yeah. his life. And it, it ended up being a really good episode for that reason. So, uh, craft, love, marry, you get married, children. Uh, I guess we... Uh, I, guess, I think we're done. <laughs> want to look at my... It's not that I ran oh. out of things to say. Oh, that was my question. Is like one of the things when I remember when I did the whole setup and then I didn't ask the question is like you have your food and your house taken care of and you have your family. What it, What is it that like you're after now? Because that thing that I like to reinforce is that the things that we want aren't actually money or awards. It's like the, is it has to be the pleasure of creating or premiering a new song or seeing your daughter grow up, all that sort of stuff. Well, I, I still love what I do for a living. I li- I'd like to just keep doing it and i always have the internal pressure to keep doing it better and better yeah uh and in terms of overall goals i mean you know i've i've had a um uh a, a tv series and a, and a movie and someday i'd like to have a su- su- successful tv series and yeah. a successful movie um <laughs> I, i've uh the, the idea has been floated that maybe i could write a broadway musical and i'm, I'm talking with some people oh about possibly God. doing that so i mean and these are all just things that are sort of floating in the, That's in the a ether brainer but you know i mean there are things left for me to do that would be new and different and yeah. still kind of be in my wheelhouse Oh my God! I would see the Weird Al musical <laughs> on Broadway or here in LA, where, uh-huh. wherever it is. I saw Book of Mormon. That we'll do it at your house. Ma- yeah. Do it at my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a small house. Yeah. I meant that in the theater term. Like it's not going to fit a lot of people. <laughs> That's fantastic. I really like that. Uh, all right. Well, let me go over my notes. Happy with a question mark. 
relevant. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, relevance. Is that what drives you now? That a lot of people once they get their basic needs met, they just want, like you said, you just want to do things better and better. But it gives you pleasure you, you, to be you, relevant, you, you, right? Well, yeah, it does. But that's something you can't really strive for. You can't be like, I got to be relevant this week. You know, yeah. it's like it's, it just happens if it happens. Like right. you, you do what you do. Uh, you try to be the best you. Yeah, no, it's such a cliche, but it's right, <laughs> yeah. right? And and you see and you see what happens. Like everything else is a side effect. I mean, you know. I, I, every once in a while, I'll come across some kid that like really wants to be like famous. Like, yeah. that's such an empty, yeah. stupid goal. Like, you know, that's not what she, she should. If, you know, if you've got a skill or a talent or something you love to do, like, be the best version of that you can be, and and all the other stuff will will come. If, yeah, if you're good at it. That's that's so good. To, I I can't have enough people say things like that on the show. Not that it's that often. I love hearing that. And fame is such a stupid goal. I feel like so many people. <laughs> I had a, I ended a casual friendship. It was a casual one but he said to me he was just like i just want to be famous and i was like mm-hmm. and i just kind of was like i don't think i'm gonna f- pursue this as friend dating you yeah. know what i mean i think this one's over we already covered heartbreak i, I remember I, I stopped dating somebody because i found out they're a holocaust denier on the, fir- on the first date they told you <laughs> like, they're we, a holocaust we, we went denier? for a while i forget <laughs> oh gosh I thought she was putting me on at first, and then I was like, no, she's not putting me on. Really? Like, okay, this is not going to be a second date. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you know, she pro- she's probably smart to bring it up on the first date. Uh-huh. You don't want to fall in no. love with someone and be like, you know. That was somebody I met at traffic school. Oh, and my then like, God. And like, okay, no, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> was she hardcore? Like, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't what know. What I ask- mean is. <laughs> There's there's some She's people just that a are sort of kind of Holocaust denier. <laughs> she didn't commit fully. Like, oh baby, I don't. <laughs> I guess when you say Holocaust denier, people think that means they don't think the Holocaust happened. And then there are it is a weird scale. I don't know why I know this, but I read about it. And there are some people that are just like, no, we think people were were killed, obviously, but not as many. Like that's yeah. like, that would be like a toe in the water. And then there are people that are like, it's just. Like, I think it's more black and white than up. that. It's yeah. <laughs> once once you put the toe in the water, yeah. it's it's like the Matrix where he touches the mirror. It just covers you, yeah. and, you're, and you're a Holocaust denier. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, that is. Crazy! How did she tell you? How did it come up? I don't even remember. I just remember we're having a pleasant conversation, and then all of a sudden, my jaw's on the floor. Like, okay, boy, look at the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a very, very good one. Skip the second grade process. Nerd used to mean smart. UHF. You said that you'd like to have a successful movie. I would like you to have a commercial, but I have to understand that UHF is successful now, it, right? It's a, a cult classic, as they say. Right. It's like it was not uh, in any, any sense a blockbuster. I don't think it uh, it made really any movie for uh, for Ryan Pictures. Uh, and it, it was actually you know considered a flaw when it came out, but it's, yeah. it's gone on I to be... I saw the movies a, it was up against. Yeah. It was like Batman, Lethal Weapon. Like, it was a crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> it did very well when it came out on DVD whenever it was 15 years ago, and it, uh, the Blu-ray release, I'm told, is, is selling very, very briskly. Yeah. The Shout Factory. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's very gratifying. Like, after all this time, there are so many people that, that really like the movie, and it, it's meant a lot to them, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe someday I'll get a chance to do another one. Oh, my God. I'd love a UHF sequel. That well, would be so I don't know cool. if I'd do that, though. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you were implying. Well, no, just another movie, or you know? Inferring. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, it, uh, yeah, because people ask that all the time, and there's no way that UHF 2 couldn't be disappointing. Yeah. Because people have all this nostalgia built in with the yeah, first one. No yeah, matter yeah, how yeah. good it was, people would say, yeah, but it's no UHF. Right. I don't think you could make, and this is obvious, I don't think you could make UHF. Not, not the way, like, again, 
our brains have changed and and tones have changed and paces. Like at the time, it was like one of a kind. Like there was no movie like that, really. You know what I mean? I, I guess like. In the slapsticky, silly way, maybe Naked Gun was out. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a movie that. And I'm trying to think of you know, me pitching a movie to a major studio. Oscars going to have Victoria Jackson and Michael yeah. Richards. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> what, what could happen? What could happen? <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Okay. Final portion, because you've killed it. You've done a two-hour <laughs> podcast in one hour. I swear. It's unbelievable. We always talk about God. You seem like a mildly private person. I wonder uh, how comfortable you'd be. I just want to talk about beliefs. That's kind of private. You were raised. How were you raised? Yeah, I was raised Christian, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I still am. I mean, I, I, I do try what, to— What flavor? Yeah, I, I try not to even kind of get into that because like, religion and politics are so divisive. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and people get very heated about it, and— uh, um, you know, no matter what I say in that regards, I would lose a big chunk of my fan base probably. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know. This is what we call the Brian Regan effect. I always I want Brian Regan. Do you know Brian Regan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him to do the podcast and he has a huge Mormon following, he has a huge Christian following because he's clean. Uh-huh. Similar to you. And then like I he's always vague about it. He's always like in, on his album, so thank God. Not not Jesus, you know what I mean? Uh-huh, <laughs> like, right. like, and thanks to God. I, I don't know what he says. I'd really like him to open up. And not to lose anything, but I really think it's in service of the world to, to talk about your beliefs and share that you are a person of, of belief. Ugh, I don't even like that I said yeah, that. Yeah, But that, that you're – I like, like – f- f- fuck the audience. <laughs> I like hearing what people think about the big questions, like what, yeah. the purpose of life. Can you give me a little on that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, the, the thing is I, I want to say straight, straight off, even though I'm religious, I like to think I don't like – you know, I, I'm not ignorant. I mean because nowadays a lot of people equate – you know, religion with, with ignorance. Oh, you're a dummy. And yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, you know, religion and science don't need to be mutually exclusive. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, I believe in global warming. I believe in evolution. Yeah. You know, I think gay people should be married. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't have beliefs that, you know, would be considered ignorant. That third one is easy to prove. The first, yeah. <laughs> the first two are up to like people are debating. The third one, you can just be like, no, there they are. Yeah. Stop so, stopping them. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, um, it just it just has kind of uh, negative connotations, which is of why and I and I try not to. You know, there's no reason people should even really need to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. absolutely. When it do you think life has a purpose? Is there is there something? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I suppose it does. Yeah. I guess. All right. Twist my arm. What what is the meaning? Why are we? Here? Well, I'm glad you asked. That'll take up another 45 minutes. Um, you know, I I, I I don't know. I mean, that's that's something we're all trying to figure out in our own way. I mean, we're all trying to discover that, and uh, um, you know, we're all you know trying to figure out like why the Big Bang happened and what 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 was that all about? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Do you feel uh, a sense in your own life that you're in a flow when you're following your bliss, when you're following what it is in your heart? These are all. You know, terms that don't actually mean anything. <laughs> but when you're doing you, when you're following your calling, for lack of a better, the things that inspire you, the things that bring joy and light and love and peace and harmony, when you're following that, do you feel doors opening for you? Do you feel like that's the right thing for you to be doing? Yeah, it does. You definitely get into a flow and you feel like, you know, all is right with the world and you're on the right path and all that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then 
you know, then you have moments in the shower where you think about the the whole uh, impossibility of your very existence. You yeah. ever have that where it's yeah. like, and and it's always and, in the shower. Yeah, yeah, but and, but you have this like moment of clarity where you realize how insane it is that you're even alive. Yeah, you know, like how did that happen? Right, and and it makes everything, and then someday you're not going to be alive. I right. mean, that whole infinity thing, which kind of blows your mind right. when all of a sudden. Yeah, you snap back into, got to distract myself with something stupid. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh To quote Norm MacDonald when he did uh, WTF, they were saying, his therapist was like, you gamble to get your mind off the idea that you're going to die. And he's like, isn't that why we do everything? Right. So I I completely (laughs) – makes perfect sense to me. But that sort of childlike – Oh yeah, I have hands. I have arms. It's absurd to me. I love playing that game. Going like it's absurd that my brain is telling my arm to move up, and it does. Right. We all kind of forget that, that everything is a miracle. You know what I mean? I like to say all markers are magic. You know, what yeah. I mean? like everything is kind of a remarkable thing. So you try and stay in that space. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to like live your entire life in a constant state of wonder, which is what you know the default should be, because it's right. like it's amazing. Right, that, right, you know, right. and and we spend most of our lives just doing the most stupid things. Right, <laughs> it's ex- it, it, I guess it would be exhausting. We don't have right. the energy to right. be amazed all the time. Right. Do you consider yourself a present person? Do you do you put any effort in trying to be in the moment? Yeah, a lot of that. I mean, you know, um, especially like in performance situations, you try, or actually in that case, you try to think two seconds ahead. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And you're probably thinking that one did pretty well. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they'll probably like um, But yeah, more, more often than that, you know, I, I certainly don't live in the past, and I, part of me is like always trying to figure out like, you know, what's, what's coming up, and you know, how do I prepare for that? Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a lot of per, a person that spends a lot of time uh, kind of, you know, delving into things that happened already. Right. What about... Uh, this might again. If any of these questions are too, I don't want to pin your beliefs down. But what about death? Does, is that the end? How surprised are we? You die, and like Steve Martin and the pearly gates, or or some other thing, or you you wake up and you're a baby. Like how surprised are you if if it's not the end, or do you think it's definitely lights out? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll <laughs> we, see how that goes. That blows my mind in the shower. Yeah. You're gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Holy. Shit. I don't even like you saying that right now. <laughs> the day, what does your wife say? The day will come. The day will come. The day will come and you'll find out. What does your gut say? Um, I think there's some kind of afterlife. Yeah. I, um, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> what, what formulates that for you? It's hard to say. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, it's it, it's faith, so, so it has no actual you know bearing in, in any kind of logic per se. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a belief. Yeah. I like to say an afterlife makes as much sense as a life, and this life is so absurd. It's like, you know, well, that's like, you know that I, I've heard that as well. Like, there's no uh, explanation for us being here that makes sense. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people say that religion doesn't make sense. I mean, the Big Bang is a scientific theory, but, but you know, in my that doesn't make sense either. I mean, yeah. real. I mean, there's like what happened before that. Like, right. now, infinity right. is a thing, tough thing to pull, pin down. It's like yeah. there's no explanation. You know, infinity goes both ways. I mean, like yeah. time is goes infinity in the past as well oh so god it's you salty dog you know it's oh that we just... shouldn't be here <laughs> <laughs> infinity goes both ways right <laughs> that is a spicy meatball yeah that is crazy but really really good so it sounds to me like everything is a mystery like like science itself, I, I think any good scientist will tell you that there is a lot of mystery in science as well. You know what I mean? Like sure. They'll, they'll admit that. And and you uh, so you found your Christian faith. That's the lens that you 
uh, kind of wrestle with the mystery or you grapple with it. That's your, and, and, that's and your again, worldview. And again, in conjunction with science, I mean, I, I you know, right. I, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I, th- right. I think that all that happened as well. It's just like in and and I try not try not to have any cognitive dissonance <laughs> right. between the two. Right. Well, the, uh, like kind of the Dalai Lama. I forget. Did somebody say this on the podcast? I forget who told me this. The Dalai Lama said, like, if any, if science says something and disproves something, we believe we go with we go with science. Like the, he completely opened. Well, that's that cool. Sort of idea. Yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty cool. So it sounds like you have those two things going. Yeah. But the, and then it seems a little bit uh, massageable, or changeable. Like you could uh, argue that people are like, well, if if you're a Christian, you can't be for gay rights, for example. <laughs> what do we got? Religious? What is it? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What's the thing with the with oh, the vegan? Flalogious. Flalogious. <laughs> Call back. Yeah, that was masterful. Road rage. <laughs> Flaligious. Yeah. <laughs> I want that to catch on so bad. Flaligious. But there is a little bit of uh, like the walls of your maze are very low. I the, this whole time I see you stepping over, and that that delights me. I think that's how we should be. I think that's a good example to put out. There. I'm a low maze kind of guy. Oh God, I uh. love a good veggie low maze. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you you know you're you're open to kind of adapting your faith and uh and and you, I, now it sounds wishy-washy but like you're you're in it it's active it's yeah. it's growing it's alive you're not just taking anything as dogma well yeah i mean it's 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 hard to articulate exactly but it's, yeah. it's something something that i you know consider and wrestle with and yeah. and i you know i don't tend to do it publicly <laughs> yeah no i can tell and i appreciate that and and even if you want to take this out we, we can i think oh no that's fine i think you're doing wonderfully <laughs> <laughs> you too you too p you're doing great <laughs> well i am a christ-leaning spiritual seeker i grew up uh, in the church, but that that whole thing, like I mean, like I was not hard. I never thought I was hard nosed, but it turns out you're hard nosed if you are, you know, believe certain things. Like the big one would be like you need to believe in in Jesus to be saved, for example. So the Dalai Lama dies and goes to hell. I have to. Is this too? Is this too on the nose? <laughs> is this? If I ask you, do you believe that? I, I, oh man, that's a big one. Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I think that anything's possible there. I, I think all options are open. Yeah, but the, but you're not so liberal to the sense. Like I would say, they're all paths up the different mountain. We're all going towards a similar thing, and we just happen to enjoy the Christ path, or you like the the Buddha path, or you like you know the Krishna path. But like uh, a lot of people don't enjoy that, and they say like, no, it's this way or the or the highway. See, I I don't know. None of us know. I'm certainly not one to judge. Uh, I'm I'm giving it my best shot. I'm trying to find my best path in life, and yeah. uh, you know I don't judge people for their paths, and you know maybe we'll all get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, uh, that's what I called myself when I was a real hard, hardcore Christian. I said, I'm a hopeful universalist. There we go. You're a hopeful universalist. You're a phlerigious, hopeful <laughs> universalist. For people listening, universalists uh, believe everybody goes to, everybody is redeemed. Uh-huh. And I, I, of course, you have to be a hope. I think most people are hopeful. Then you get like a Jonathan Edwards. And hope for type. Hitler yet. You just never know. <laughs> well, he didn't do anything. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That was a callback, too. God, I hope they just isolate that clip. And we both just sound like absolute loons. Well, I, I, I think that's fantastic. And uh, thank you for playing the religion game, even though you are a, a private person. Uh-huh. Let's end on something a little bit lighter. Okay. Do you remember one of the hardest times you ever laughed? That's that's a good that's a fun one. Oh boy. And I always like to give this caveat. It doesn't have to be a good story. I'm just looking for 
a thought that comes up the time you left. It was probably, you know, I, I can't, the, the, the true answer is I can't remember specifically. It was probably me talking to a friend on the phone or in person just yeah. over something really ridiculous and yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, the first time I saw Top Secret, the Zucker Brothers movie in the theaters, yeah. I, that, was, that was a big one for me. I, uh, I laughed constantly through that thing. You know what gets me in Top Secret? It's so, it's so stupid, but <laughs> it's at the end. Okay, so you're watching a movie that is just so ceaseless with its jokes. Yeah. But by the end, you're like, they got to be like slowing down. <laughs> and there's that part where Val Kilmer is on his motorcycle and the girl gets off the motorcycle and he just falls over. <laughs> it's like they just kind of in the last act kind of did everything that they didn't do the whole movie. Like who gives a shit? It's just he couldn't balance with, <laughs> without her. It's so fucking dumb. I just didn't expect it. It just caught me so perfectly. And it it kind of happens like off camera, like right, a, right. almost It's a throwaway. It's a total it's a throwaway. Total throwaway. The camera in my memory is panning. So when Whoa. she gets up, <laughs> and it, of course, I'm about to say it doesn't serve the story. No. It's never referenced. Nothing serves the story. But like, you know, like a, a worse movie had come in and like, I just fell on my motorcycle. Like it just happened. And it just tickles that like part of you that just loves absurdity. Talking about it might maybe just because we talked about religion, it talks about the Big Bang and like we love seeing something completely stupid and just living in that moment and laughing at it, and, and instead of grappling with mystery like we were just doing, you know? Right, what I mean? right. So that's a good one. You just gave me one remembering Top Secret. I, I wonder what kind of emotion I'm trying to feed when I watch that particular movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Silliness. Yeah. They, I maybe maybe movies affect me more than other people because I can watch like if I watch like a health documentary, I'll be more healthy. Like it just goes right into me. Wow. So like it, it it's I'm very susceptible. So if I want to be more silly, like I will watch a silly movie okay. and it like works. What am I, a computer? So like, you... Just putting discs in the front of me? Just like, got it. This is all like if you watch a documentary about war crimes, I mean, does that what does that do to you? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> here's one. Do you have a sleep ritual? Here's, my, here's what I mean by that. Not brushing your teeth, putting on your PJs, all that sort of stuff. When you're laying down and you're closing your eyes and you're trying to fall asleep, do you do a similar thing like in your mind to help you relax? No. Interesting. I can't th- say that I do. It's 50-50. I Some can't say that I do. do. I, I wonder, uh, not, not that I think you're lying, I, I believe that you don't, but I wonder if, if you pay attention, if you'll see that, oh, I always do kind of like think about the snorks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, you know, I, I used to be able to just fall asleep like in, in less than a minute. I mean, I, really? not so much anymore, but like in my 20s, uh, I would be very, very good at cat naps. Like, well, like when we were shooting UHF. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's all sorts of pictures of me like laying down on the floor, curled up in the fetal position somewhere. <laughs> like, well, we got 10 minutes? Okay, I'll be over in the corner. <laughs> okay, shoot it. okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I can't do that anymore, but that used to be a big thing with me. Like, oh, we're in the air. People in the airport taking pictures of me like curled up under the chair. Like, I, I would take my naps anywhere and I could, really? I could be asleep like that. Wow. I've heard the same thing about Elijah Wood, actually, because those Lord of the Rings movies were so difficult that they'd be like, you have two minutes, and they'd be like, <laughs> Hobbit, Hobbit feet <laughs> tucked under an airport chair. Yeah. That's great. So no, no ritual there. Have you ever been in a fight? I'm guessing no. A fight? Yeah. No. What's the closest? Like in college, I wrestled someone aggressively. Yeah. Um, 
sounds so weird. Yeah, I, I've, I've never, I've never struck somebody in anger. I, I don't yeah. think in my entire life. Um, I, and uh, I, I can run pretty fast, so I've been able to avoid <laughs> getting punched. Um, no, I, I, I can't even think. The closest I've come to being in a fight has been, you know, n- nowhere close to one. I understand that. What ki- and what kind of soap do you use? Uh, Whatever's in the shower. Whatever really? my wife puts in there. And what is? Oh, she- it's a green one today. <laughs> Irish Spring. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking for an endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> I forget that you're famous because, like, if you did say like a so like, it's interesting to think of what a public pers- persona you are because I, I know you as Al, the, the comedian, but the, uh, you do have to consider like a, a pretty big. A very big name. If you said like I only use Dove, like that might be something that the Dove people it's, it's kind tweet. Of a, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing because people, you know, I've been asked to like uh, tweet for money. Yeah, and I won't do that, even though it's it's pretty good money they're offering. But yeah. it's sort of like yeah, that's, that's a real same solid beer thing. company. But every now and then I'll I'll just like make a joke about something and I'll get stuff in the mail. Like I made some kind of stupid joke about wheat thins a couple of years ago, yeah. like, and not not promoting wheat thins, but just like it was a random reference yep. as I want to do. Yep. And like the next day. Like a case of wheat thins shows up in my house. Like, oh, thank you for the room. You know, same thing happened to me on the on the talk show with uh, Captain Crunch. I no, it wasn't even the talk show. I said on Conan. I just did a bit of mine. No, I said, why does Captain Crunch cut up the roof of your mouth? It was like just a riff. Like other oh, people right. have said that, but I just kind of threw it in. And then like a case of Cap'n Crunch and a personalized letter from Horatio M. Crunch. Oh, I love, you know, <laughs> wh- wh- where did they make Cap'n Crunch? Because I was there on the road years ago. And I promise you, if you haven't been there, the entire it's... city smells like Cap'n Crunch. Really? Yeah, like at night you go, it's Cap'n Crunch. The captain is near. <laughs> yeah. And is it, is it General Mills that makes that? I think it is like, General I, Mills. I think all their stuff is the same thing, just in different shapes. Like yeah. crisp and quake and like, it's all the same stuff. <laughs> this one's a square. That one's a bowl. That, yeah. yeah. You've been to Cedar, uh, not Cedar Rapids. What is that? Uh, ooh, Penguins. It's in Iowa. I'm wearing a shirt. This Penguins, Iowa. Iowa. Oh, Penguins, wow. Iowa. Um, Bruce, not Brewsters. Fuck. Something. It's fun. this town that smells like it, it has Penguins. like some, <laughs> <laughs> It has like a factory, and the whole town smells kind of like. Uh, like someone ate bread for three weeks and then farted. <laughs> it's not a good. Smell. I want to go there, <laughs> but it's so. Let's go. It's so close to like you. This is somebody's bit. Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids, yeah. It's, and it's never referenced Don't. in the movie Cedar Rapids. What's that? What is it, Katie? Well, Quaker Oats, General Mills, and Post all have their main factories. Yeah. So those three Cedar. It's uh, Cedar Rapids. It's what is it? Post. Quaker. Quaker Oats. And General so those three companies together make a bread fart smell. Okay. And I saw someone do a bit, and it was so funny. He was like, you can't quite tell if it's good or bad. Uh-huh. Like, should I roll down the window? Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> That's it, man. I'm, I'm looking at that piece of paper. Those are my, uh, those are my like, speed round questions. Oh, okay. We do we do it? We did it. Sometimes we sing to a pop song. I, I don't have the musicians do the sing to a pop song. <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> And I'm not going to ask you how you lost your virginity, unless you want to tell me. Oh, oh, see, uh, my wedding night. Is that true? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Floridus. What a master. (laughs) Thank you so much. What a perfect ending. (laughs) We don't normally end on a laugh. I'm going to try and do it. Would you say keep it crispy? That's how we end. Keep it crispy. My ice game make you want to get me. 
Now leaving Nerdist.com.